and welcome to On A Lighter Note podcast, a place to learn all about perinatal mental health. I'm your host, Frankie, a peer support worker from Light. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we have Alison G, a specialist infant feeding lead at Knott's Healthcare Foundation Trust. Thank you, Alison, for taking the time to have a chat with me today. So, first of all, what is your job role? Specialist infant feeding lead, what does that mean? What do you do? Well, it's sort of a three-pronged approach, really, my role. Um, Part of it is clinical work, so I support mums with slightly more complex breastfeeding issues Mm. and also support staff to support mums. I also, a big part of my role is around training and education, so... I predominantly work with the healthy family teams, the health visiting teams within Nottinghamshire, and um, we we offer training. uh, All new staff get a compulsory two-day training, and then every year all staff get a half-day update, so their skills are kept up to date, so that's part of my role. And then the third part is a more strategic role, where um, my role is to ensure that across the trust, anything feeding-related um fits with our ethos and with the more importantly with the unicef baby friendly ethos mm. um, because knots healthcare are fully accredited to the unicef baby friendly standards um, and in 2020 we achieved the gold award mm. which means that all our standards are really well embedded and, and it's really evidence in best pra- best best practice <laughs> whatever words are. it's evidence in best yeah. practice um, and so that's been a major part of my role is yeah. making sure that we've got breastfeeding policies in place, that yeah. we've got arrangements for um, uh, other um, departments that may have any uh, contact with mums that are feeding, so that they've got basic knowledge as well. And mm-hmm. um, we've done work with dietitians, with uh, the oral health team, with the family nurse partnership. So we've done a lot of work with other teams yeah. to make sure that that ethos goes across the whole trust yeah. and it's not just um in in my role really yeah yeah and obviously sort of my world and and this podcast revolves around mental health um how have you seen feeding impact um a parent's mental health we see that so often and i think the first thing to say is that however a mum chooses to feed a baby it is her choice and Mm. some women will want to breastfeed some won't and Mm. that's okay given that they get all the information to make that choice properly Um, equally some mums will struggle and and feel devastated if things don't work others won't Mm. Um, and again that's right you know there's no right Mm. or wrong way that they have Mm. to feel yeah but i think it's about supporting those mums that do have um strong thoughts about feeding making sure that all their needs are met because breastfeeding is so much more than just providing nutrition for the baby you know it's a whole mothering uh, nurturing sense that that, that when a mum's breastfeeding that they're, they're having that closeness and comfort with the baby and when feeding is successful women feel a, a sense of achievement you know mm. they have a, an, an immense sense of well-being uh, contentment and the connection with their baby is so strong when feeding is going well um, successful breastfeeding it, it's all a very complex process in the mm. brain but basically uh, it releases uh, hormones really feel good hormones especially oxytocin 
and oxytocin is associated with, with really positive emotions. So women, uh, when they have that gush of oxytocin, when they're holding the baby close and they're mm. feeding their baby, they feel that sense of pride and achievement, and that all helps to, mm. towards general well-being. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's so important. You know, women who are enjoying breastfeeding mm. generally have a lower stress levels. They have a, a, a generally a higher happiness level. Yeah. Um, and quite interestingly, what they found from research is that oxytocin actually increases a mum's tolerance of mm -hmm. monotony or boredom. Yeah. And I know that might yeah. sound really bizarre, but yeah. with a new baby, life is quite routine. Yeah. You feed, you sleep, you change a nappy, yeah. you have a cuddle, you feed, repeat. Yeah. You know, it, it, it goes on through the day. And that oxytocin from breastfeeding helps prepare that mum for that. Yeah. And you know, breastfeeding mums tend to need that less stimulated environment they want things to be a little bit quieter and they can cope with that routine much better yeah. because their body's releasing the oxytocin yeah um, so you know the, the body's so clever in preparing yeah. mums to cope with breastfeeding absolutely yeah um, it, it really is yeah um, i think another big issue that we find is mums uh, the tiredness that mums report mm. and how that can impact on mental health mm. um we know that mums feel tired, but but any mum feels tired, yeah. you know. And I get, when a mum's breastfeeding, she tends to blame breastfeeding for feeling tired, yeah. and actually, it's having a new baby that makes you feel yeah. so tired. Yeah. And again, from research, we know that if mums breastfeeding, uh, the hormones that are released mm. during a breastfeed are more likely to help her get back to sleep really quickly. Yeah. They help baby get back to sleep really quickly. So in terms of tiredness. Actually, a lot of breastfeeding mums report that they mm. feel better and more lively during the day because they get back to sleep so quickly after a feed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's yeah. lots of ways. There's, there's a lot of um, hormones going on. And I think um, what can often happen, and I catch myself doing it even now, is um, we blame ourselves for everything, don't we? Particularly as mums, yeah. we are always to blame for absolutely everything that can ever go wrong or however anybody's feeling. Um, and the same when it comes to feeding, you know, we, we put this huge burden and blame on ourselves sometimes. Um, you know, maybe if the feeding journey has come to an end for whatever reason, and we sort of go, oh God, why am I, you know, why am I so upset? Why am I crying? Why am I, why am I this? Why am I that? And actually there is a biological response. There is a hormonal response within us that it doesn't mean you're weak or you're less of a mother or you're this or you're that, but in some cases, there is chemicals that are going on inside of us that are creating this response. And what we know is that when breastfeeding doesn't work out as planned, mm. for a lot of mums, they've actually lost a, a, a form of mothering that yeah. they had, you know, they had visions in their mind about yeah. what being a mum was going to be like and what the day was going to be like mm. and how they mm. feed their baby. And there's a great sense of feeling when that doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, you know, for a lot of people, breastfeeding can actually be quite healing if yeah. the labor's not gone as planned mm -hmm. being able to breastfeed it's almost like well this is something that i can take back and mm. um, you know some control that i can take back the labor didn't go as planned but yeah. breastfeeding's going well and that's yeah. a success for me yeah and then if that feeding doesn't go well and they've had a traumatic birth mm. or they've had a premature birth or yeah. they're being ill in some way it's, it's almost like reinforcing that failure to some mums, yeah. you know, the labouring didn't go as I planned and now feeding's not going mm. as I planned. Yeah. And for a lot of mums, 
you know, it, it is, I think, you know, we have to recognise it's like a grieving process. Absolutely. You know, and I say this all the time. I say this to yeah. lots of mums who, who come to me with, you know, they're so upset. And I say, this is a loss and you are allowed to mourn that yeah. loss. You are allowed to yeah. grieve. Whether you... You know, whatever the story is, whatever the feeding situation is, and you know, for some it might be they might have fed their child for breastfed for two years, and and you know it's come to an end, and they're so heartbroken, upset, and they get they beat themselves up for that, and yeah. actually, you know, you are allowed to grieve, you are allowed to be sad. Yeah, when you go through all the processes of that, mm. you know, the whole sadness, the guilt, mm. feeling yeah. guilty, feeling angry, yeah. why didn't it work? Who you know, who's yeah. to blame? Looking for reasons. It, yeah. it's just it just goes yeah. along the lines of grief so clearly absolutely and also you know as well as the grief mums can often become isolated if breastfeeding doesn't work if their yeah. friends are all breastfeeding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they might find it really difficult to go out with the friends mm. feeling that they've not succeeded so mm. you know it can actually isolate a mum quite a lot yeah um, and certainly if it's related to the support they've received they can feel really let down and angry yeah. from the support that they've had yeah which which can be professional support yeah. but it could be support from those around them as yeah. well yeah um, I think you know as a culture it, it's far too easy for us to say oh you know well give them a bottle you, you know yeah. you'll be all right it, as long as they're fed yeah and that phrase is, is just such an emotive phrase yeah to us because all mums want the babies fed yeah. obviously you know yeah. we know that but for a lot of mums when breastfeeding's not working that you know that that's not the answer yeah. and, you know it's not the answer mm. to give a bottle the, the answer is to sort out what's happening with breastfeeding mm. and that's what they really want to do mm. Um, mm. you know and we often say when families say oh I feel awful because you know I can't help if she was giving a bottle I could help mm. but actually there's so much help that anybody can give a breastfeeding mum you know if a mum's tired or bit tearful or moaning you know about how hard it is she doesn't want necessarily for somebody to say well do something yes absolutely she wants is just to say yeah I know how you feel yeah absolutely I definitely experienced that with with my second yeah absolutely a big part of my role when I see mums at the breastfeeding clinic that we run a big part of it is picking and picking out mm. those emotions and how mm. they feel and helping them to move forward with those emotions yeah. To, yeah. To, to then deal with the feeding. Yeah, I, I've definitely, I've experienced it both ways actually with my first daughter. I had quite a traumatic birth um, and breastfeeding seemed to go okay at the start as in she latched quite well and I had the latch checked and all of that seemed okay. Um, and she fed a lot now, you know, I was first time mum. I didn't really know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing yeah. now, but I d- definitely didn't know then. Um, she fed a lot and, you know, it would be six, seven, eight hours sometimes. And then I thought, oh, this is cluster feeding. I didn't know <laughs> that that was quite extreme. Um, yeah. and, and I had such damage to my nipples and I was just uncontrollably emotional and tired. And, and I really was struggling. And and now looking back on reflection, I can see that there was there was some issue there. Um, maybe there was a tongue tie issue or there was something there because uh, the weight gain and, and just the amount of hours the feeding was going on and the discomfort yeah. and all of that, there was something going on for sure. Um, and it got to week four and I just wanted someone to say to me, it's okay to stop. 
That's, I just wanted, I knew I can't maintain this and something needs to change. And I just desperately wanted someone to say, it's okay if you want to give a formula and, and go onto a bottle. And, and a friend did eventually say that to me, you know, whatever you want to do is okay. And if you, what you want to do is to go onto formula, that's also okay. And I just felt the relief of someone telling me that it was okay to do that. For a lot of mums, they won't do it. Mm. A lot of mums, if somebody mm. says that to them, they won't necessarily yeah. stop breastfeeding. Yeah. But just the fact that somebody yeah. said that, that there's an option. An option yeah. Is, yeah. Absolutely. But, it, but, you know, what what we also know is that a lot of people say, if you're struggling with breastfeeding, stop, because it won't do your mental health any mm. good to struggle. Mm. But actually, mm. we know it's the opposite. Y- yes, struggling is not good, but if, she's, if that mum's got support to get through yeah. that, she's less likely to then have problems. Yeah. If she struggles and stops, mm. that's where we know yeah. it has the biggest impact yeah. on mental health. You know, a woman who's breastfed and has just reached the end of her journey naturally, for whatever reason, and that could be after mm. a week, it could mm. be after a month, it mm. could be after a year, whatever, if it's her choice and she's reached the end of her journey, mm. she'll move on. Yeah. She'll be happy, she'll have mm. made that choice, she'll mm. have enjoyed what she did and yeah. it's time to move on and she'll be fine. Yeah. But it's the mums who have to stop mm. before they want to. And, and yeah. you know, evidence says that, that you know up to eight out mm. of ten women who stop, stop mm. before they mm. want to. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. that that causes the impact on mental health. Yeah, I think it's, it's for me, at the t- so I didn't know anything about combination feeding. I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. So I was like, okay, I've made the decision we're going to stop. And, and we slowly, sort of over a couple of weeks, weaned off breastfeeding and picked up formula. And I was, I was obviously getting a bit engorged. I was pouring milk down the sink, Alison. <gasps> I didn't know. I didn't know you could give both. I, I, like, I think I was just so tired I didn't, I didn't know what was happening anymore. I was pumping and pouring milk down the sink and, and, you know, and actually in the end, she she went onto formula and I do genuinely feel it was the right decision for both of us with the situation at the time, the lack of support and the lack of knowledge that I had. We made the decision that we needed to make in that moment. And actually for us, it did work out for the best. Although I could still cry to this day thinking about the situation and how bad I felt that I wasn't continuing, even though I had made the choice to stop, I could still cry about it. You nailed it there in saying that support is crucial. Mm. You know, Mm. getting that early support, getting Mm. antenatal support, uh, finding out about feeding early on so that your expectations are realistic and you know that when baby's feeding all night on night Mm. three, Mm. you know, that that's normal, that this is what babies do. And that you know that if it's hurting, that's not normal and you need to get help. Mm. You know, that antenatal input is crucial to to a successful breastfeeding journey. Um, And then picking that up, you know, as soon as baby's born, take Mm. whatever support is Mm. available. Yeah. Second time round, when I was pregnant, I was really like, okay, I know breastfeeding's awful. That, because I'd been told, you know, that when I was going, oh, this is really hard. This is people were like, yeah, it's really hard. And I was like, oh, I'm just obviously a shit mum then. You know, like, that's basically what I thought. Like, I've just not got it in me. It, and obviously now I really realise, like, yes, breastfeeding can be really tough. It can be really difficult. But actually, I think my situation was a little bit more um, extreme. But I didn't know that at the time. So second time around, I thought, oh, it's going to be so hard. You know, I've already got, I had my babies quite close together. So I already had basically a baby and was having a newborn like 
this is going to be, you know, it's probably not going to work out. We'll just take it as it comes. But, you know, I've got the bottles. I'm ready if we need to go into formula and we'll just see. But I actually did uh, make a phone call to um, the health visitor and they put me in touch with someone from your team, actually. It wasn't you, but it was someone in your team who I had a conversation with whilst I was pregnant and explained everything that had happened with my first baby. And I said, like, what can I do to prep myself second time? And she was like, oh, hang on a minute. What you've just described does not sound like a very normal, traditional standard case. And I was going, really? Because I'd assumed that's what breastfeeding was. And she was going, no, I, I think, you know, there sounds like there is some issue going on here. Um, this, it's it's not usually quite as bad as that <laughs> sort of thing. And I, just that relief, I was like, oh my God, like... I actually might enjoy breastfeeding. Like it actually might go okay. And 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 I had my daughter and and I breastfed her for a year actually. Um yeah, yeah, I exclusively breastfed for six months and then we introduced a bottle of well, we started introducing it six weeks, one bottle a day of express milk. Then at six months that one bottle changed to formula. So we combi fed them with one bottle of formula a day until she was a year. And I could not believe that I that I that I did that. Like, I could not yeah. believe that experience. I mean, you know, in terms of, of you, you know, we're talking about mental health and the impact. It's so important that if breastfeeding doesn't work out, that a mum mm. has that opportunity mm. to talk about it yeah. and find out maybe a bit yeah. more why it didn't yeah. work out. And yeah. So that next time she can realise that it can be different yeah. because they automatically think then, well, it's no good trying next time. It's yeah. only a bit same. Yeah. And it, it is so different. It yeah. can be so different the yeah. time around. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. And and now, you know, my two daughters, you would not be able to look at them and say which one was breastfed and which one was formula fed. You wouldn't have a clue. Um but yeah, it but was both breastfed. Yeah. Know, and that's really important. Yeah. You know, one of the big things that we work on is valuing every mm. drop of breast milk yeah. that our baby has. Yeah. And whether that be exclusive for a day, mm. a week, a month, mm. a year, or whether it be combination feeding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every drop of breast milk yeah. gives that baby benefits. And, mm. and for mum as well, you know, you have to value it. Yeah. Even if it's not exclusive. No. When, when I see mums in clinic, I always talk about the real world and the ideal world. Yeah. And there's always the ideal world where this is how we expect things mm. to happen. And, you know, if there's a bit of a problem, this is what mm. you know, the ideal world says you should do. But then there's a real world. So from that, what do you mm. think you can manage? And, yeah. and it's about getting that balance yeah. Um, yeah. about what, what mums can do. Yeah. Not putting unrealistic pressures on them. Yeah. I, I had as well, like you mentioned earlier, um, when you want to just have a bit of a moan, but you don't want anyone to fix your problem. Yeah. I definitely had that with my second. And, yeah. and it was after my second that I struggled quite a bit with postnatal depression. And I remember my mum and my brother when I would, you know, just cry to them about how exhausted I was and how rubbish I felt and all of those things. And they'd say, well, why don't you stop breastfeeding? And I used to just think, if this is the only thing that I feel proud about, this is the only thing that I feel like I'm doing well. And now I was doing lots of other things well. I was a great mum. I'm still a great mum. We're all great mums. But I, I honestly just felt if that, Thing got taken away from me I I wouldn't be okay and actually I used to use breastfeeding as a grounding strategy for myself so when things felt overwhelming and too much I would get my baby even though she wasn't necessarily giving me cues for feeding and sit and feed her because I needed yeah. to sit down well, 
feeding. Mm. So what, what reasons might you offer the rest? And some of it is baby show and feeding cues yeah. that like they're hungry. But some of it is a uh, baby might just want comfort. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, reasons for bringing baby to breast break. Baby might want comfort. Yeah. They might just want that reassurance of knowing you're there. But equally, mum might want mm. to sit down. She might just be feeling a bit down. Mm. She might just want an excuse not to cook dinner. <laughs> yeah. And that is absolutely fine. She yeah. just needs to rest. You know, yeah. she feels tired. She needs to sit down and rest. Mm. And that's about being responsive to each other, mum yeah. and baby, you know. So it's not always about baby saying, I'm hungry. Mm. It's about both of them working in partnership. And that's where you know, the hormones, oxytocin and the yeah. prolactin work in partnership, yeah. both to, to help baby be mm. fed, but mm. to nurture that baby, to, to help the mothering process, yeah. and to, to, to make mum and baby fall in love, yeah. basically. That, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. And is this something that, this happened to me in my experience, but I don't know if you've experienced this um, working with others, that when actually I knew that, I, you know, when we got to a year that actually on her birthday, I wanted that to be a last feed and that's what I felt comfortable with. I'd had a lot of pregnancies and babies all back to back and close together and I finally felt like this is the time that I need to stop yeah. and I want to like sort of claim my body back type of thing. Um, so we stopped feeding and we were quite slow to reduce it all down. But then it was a couple of weeks after feeding had stopped, my mental health took quite a big dip. Um, and, I, and I'd felt, I'd had postnatal depression in that first year, but I really felt I'd come out of the other end and I was feeling much better. And then we stopped breastfeeding out of choice. And then two or so weeks later, I really had a big dip in my mental health. And I do always wonder now, was that, you know, a chemical response potentially to my hormone change, you know, with breastfeeding and stopping. Is that something that you've experienced? Um, not, not to a huge degree, but uh, it does, it's totally dependent on whether mums want to stop mm. or not. Mm. And if, and occasionally we get situations where baby chooses yeah. to stop breastfeeding and that's really difficult. Yeah. Mum's not quite ready. Uh, but I guess, I mean, in your situation, yeah, you know, if, you, if we're thinking about it, you know, when you put baby to the breast and we mm. get a gush mm. of oxytocin, then if you get that dip in oxytocin, then that could be yeah. what, what made you feel a bit rough. Yeah. Um, but end, ending breastfeeding is, is a difficult one. Um, you know, in terms of the World Health recommendations, they mm. recommend breastfeeding for exclusively for six months and then for two years and beyond. And, and mm. basically what they mean by that is that nobody else can tell you when to stop yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. It's when you feel it's right to mm. stop. And people, you know, can be very hurtful sometimes yeah. about breastfeeding an older child. Yeah, um, absolutely. A lot of mums almost feel like, you know, in the first few days they feel a bit conscious feeding mm. out and about. Mm. A lot of mums feel like they go back to that again yeah. when they're feeding an older child. Yeah. And they feel very conscious again. I must say I've heard lots and lots of comments um, yeah. about breastfeeding, you know, a slightly older child. and. And yeah. there are always health benefits for mum and baby, mm. whatever age they're breastfeeding. You know, there is a bit of a perception that, oh, you don't need to breastfeed beyond six months. And that is yeah. so wrong. You know, there yeah. are both physical and yeah. psychological benefits yeah. for mum and baby to continue yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. And, you know, the ideal is for that mum and baby to reach a happy yeah. conclusion in yeah. their own time. 
Absolutely. I think something um, that is experienced quite a lot by the mums that I know, um, a lot of my friends have felt it as well, when your baby is that little bit older or they're a toddler and you're out and about and you're paranoid about breastfeeding and you you know I was I was really conscious that that happens and I really didn't like that that happens but I never wanted that to affect my decision of when I, I wanted to stop feeding but I still caught myself my babies are huge <laughs> so when when my youngest daughter was 10 months 11 months she was huge and she could walk and you know it she lo- and I'm quite small so she looked huge on me and I was quite conscious about how big she looked and that I was breastfeeding her and she was under one you know it's absolutely ridiculous but I was having those thoughts quite a bit you know what will someone think does and I remember saying to my husband does this look strange and then I was really annoyed at myself that this this stigma has it's embedded within me and in, within our culture as well it is a cultural thing and that's mm. why you know part of my role is to work around that as well yeah. so you know we, we work with the local councils around breastfeeding friendly schemes yeah so uh venues uh, within nottinghamshire and i know a lot of areas do mm. a similar sort of thing uh venues can sign up to be in breastfeeding friendly and all that means for the venue is that they support mums yeah. to breastfeed in yeah. their places they don't have to do anything additional yeah except for you know if somebody was to complain then they would mm. offer the person complaining somewhere else to sit and yeah. move the breastfeeding yeah mum. but actually for a business that can be a really good selling point mm. you know mums talk to each mm. other and if they yeah. go to somewhere where they feel really yeah. comfortable breastfeeding yeah. they'll tell the friends yeah. and then the friends will go yeah. so you know things like that can be yeah. really important in changing the culture in the community mm. and and getting other businesses which maybe have never thought about breastfeeding and why it should be important but getting yeah. them on board to support yeah. mums to feed for longer yeah yeah I must say you know when I've done it where you know babies in the push chair but they're screaming and you just need to sit and feed them and it's raining and you find a cafe and you run in and and a few times they've been like do you want to look at and I'm just like I just need to sit down and feed my baby and and you know they've just come and brought me a glass of water and a cup of tea without me having to even ask I'm like oh you know, it, it just, it really changed. And then I've had the opposite experience where I've done that, ran in, sat down, and I just said, oh, can you just get me a glass of water? And they brought me a fancy water in like a bottle with like a top that needed two hands to undo. And I just, like tears, just, yeah. just <laughs> straight, I was like, I'm so thirsty. Oh, <laughs> and it was one of those days. But yeah, it, it definitely does make a difference when you've got that sense of community and just support around you, doesn't it? Yeah, the, for the, you know, there's got to be, cultural shift um, and yeah. yeah there's been a lot of research that says this whole thing that the whole thing about improving breastfeeding support improving breastfeeding mm. rates can't just be put onto the mum no you know it's no. got to be a whole cultural yeah. uh, approach from you know everybody in the community businesses mm. health everybody you know we've just got to change our attitude and yeah when you look in some of the um scandinavian countries where their breastfeeding rates are like so much higher than yeah. ours yeah. and a lot of it is just because they're supportive of breastfeeding so seeing a mum breastfeeding mm. is the norm and yeah that, you know the culture is the norm yeah um whereas you know for us it, it isn't as much yeah. I mean it's getting better definitely yeah. getting better yeah um, but there are still issues with yeah that. so talking of support what support is there out there um and not just breastfeeding support if if someone's actually at a place where they're going do you know what I, I think I want to 
change the way I feed, I want to combi feed or I want to um, formula feed, or if they're maybe struggling with breastfeeding and they need some support, what support is out there for, for families? is slightly different i mm. can only talk mm. more specifically for nottinghamshire but generally um you know right from antenatally mums have access to health visitors to midwives mm. you know they have they have that professional input to have that discussion antenatally we always say to mums you don't have to make your decision around feeding antenatally because yeah. once they make that decision they feel yeah they're they're pinned down to that mm. so keep your open mind gather your information together to make a decision um so they've got input there um certainly you know look at have you got children's centers in your area in nottinghamshire mm. we've got a fantastic network of children's yeah. centers and they run um we call them babes groups and they are our breastfeeding groups that run in each each cluster and they're there to support mums both antenatally and postnatally mm. Mm. Um, they they also do some specific antenatal sessions um, for mums so they're invaluable as well um, and the children's centres also work really closely with volunteers so they have mm. peer support volunteers working with them and they help to facilitate those groups and, and just getting that input from another mum can yeah. sometimes be invaluable you know a health professional can give you the knowledge can talk to you about what needs to happen but another mum can say come on you know one more day mm. you can do it mm. like, you know we, we, mm. let's keep going together and that's what makes a difference. So, yeah. you know, check out what the children's centres yeah. are offering. Um, I mean, my role in Nottinghamshire is that specialist support. So I run breastfeeding clinics and there's, there's actually three of us across Nottinghamshire. Um, and we're all uh, lactation consultants. So we, we're really um, proud of the fact that mm. you know, Nottingham's actually got three lactation yeah. consultants working there. In some areas, mums have to pay extortionate amounts to see a lactation yeah. consultant. But actually, you know, we are trained and we offer that to, mm. to mums in Nottinghamshire. Um, so find out what specialist support's available out there. Yeah. Um, and, and and also don't under, underestimate the value of things like social media yeah. and online support. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's lots of local groups. We ourselves, uh, if the feeding leads in Nottinghamshire, we have a Facebook page called Mott's Happy Baby Corner. Mm. And, you know, anybody can access that. It's not private. Mm. Anybody can access it. And we just put lots of really positive information out yeah. there and we do have things around uh, feed any form of feeding formula mm. feeding as well mm. uh, that's why at my job role for mm. not healthcare is infant feeding lead because i, I do support mums with feeding problems from bottle feeding as well and mm. um, mm. so it, it's really important that uh, all forms of feeding are considered when supporting mums yeah yeah i think it's such um you can prepare to a certain extent but often with you know with children in general you know it doesn't always go exactly how you assume it's going to go or by the book that the one book that you read it doesn't always go by that one and um feeding in particular yes yeah definitely and it's just um can be so overwhelming can't it and having that support and you know I've spent many a a night googling (laughs) different things and you get every every different response but and that's why things like the Facebook pages or if there's a local WhatsApp group or anything like that can be invaluable at three o'clock in the morning absolutely yeah somebody's up yeah no I I use the babes um Facebook group myself when I when I was feeding and struggling in and I went to the breastfeeding groups at my local children's center uh, with my first it was COVID during my second but that that really helped me um 
you know, and to see others breastfeeding was quite important to me anyway. And um, I don't know, just filled me with a little bit of confidence around it. Um, yeah, and I think you, you, you're seeing two things, really. You're seeing babies at different ages. Yeah. So you, you can see where your journey might be going. Yeah. And you can sort of see how things improve. Mm. But also, you know, without being negative, you might see other mums with problems. And mm. that can sometimes be quite mm. reassuring just mm. to know you're not the only one that's mm. struggling a little bit. Mm. And, you know, you might share tips whilst you're there. Yeah. And, oh, that I tried this, that helped. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's the value of it, really. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, I think it's so important, like you say, to get that support with feeding. However, the feeding look whatever it looks like it's just having that support having a place to offload or someone that gets it um for your mental health it can be you know it can, it can be such a game changer really can't it Absolutely. yeah yeah definitely it, you know, it can't be underestimated the the importance of a support and hopefully mm. success mm. Mm. but at least that a mum feels that she's had the support she needed yeah. whatever her ultimate choice is that yeah. she's had that support both from a family and friends but also from yeah. health professionals as well yeah. Um, yeah yeah no I I really appreciate this chat um I think you know it's so helpful even after you've had your babies after you might have finished feeding them in whichever way you know l- just like pregnancies and birth experiences they sit with you they sit in you yeah. forever don't they when we do training with staff we always start mm. off the day uh, there's a really good um, Oprah Winfrey quote which mm. I can't remember word for word but it's mm. to the effect of you you do you do did what you did with the knowledge that you yeah. had at the time yeah. if you'd have known better you'd have done better yeah we always say that to staff because when they do the training it's often quite emotive mm. and they'll say oh gosh that happened to me and now I know why that didn't yeah. work now I know what happened there yeah and it can be quite emotive and you yeah. know we often end up talking to staff afterwards just yeah. to sort of put their yeah. thoughts straight absolutely really. yeah and that could be years on you know mm. that they, we mm. could have staff coming in that have got yeah. grown-up children and they still can have thoughts and, and emotions from what happened with their feeding yeah. journey yeah and that just really does go to show how impactful it is you know on your headspace and and how you feel um but no thank you for chatting today this has been really helpful it's been a pleasure it's been great thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to on a lighter note podcast brought to you by light a pre and postnatal peer support charity covering sheffield rotherham doncaster and the surrounding areas If you feel you'd like to learn more about light or any of the topics discussed in today's episode, please see the links in the episode description.